Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Hallelujah. You ready to get into the word? Hey, listen, if you're on Twitter, tweet me at Bishop Foreman or at Harvest underscore CC. Remain standing. Lift your Bible. Say, let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Remain standing. One verse we're going to look at, two verses we're going to look at. Go to John chapter 12, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 12, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospel of John or the good news of John. Somebody say good news. If you came to get some bad news today, you came to the wrong church because all I got for you is good news. Somebody say, he's got good news. That's because God has good news about you. And I don't care how bad you've messed it up before. If you'll catch a revelation that God still wants to elevate you, he still hasn't changed his mind about you. So say, Bishop, how do you know that? Because you're not dead yet. That's how I know. If God was done with you, you could have already checked out. But since you're still living, that means he's not through. I wish you'd touch somebody next to you so he ain't done with me yet. He ain't done. Not because if he was through up with me and if he was sick of me, he could have got rid of me a long time ago. But evidently, even when you got sick of yourself, God said, I still want you. And I still got anybody that's a good place to act like you're at least halfway thankful the fact that he didn't let that car accident kill you when it should have is evidence he's not done with you yet and he's not sick of you even if you sick of yourself what's this john chapter 12 verse 32 he says and if i am lifted up elevated <laughs> from the earth I will draw all peoples to myself. So, so, so watch this. Literally, now, sometimes in church, people use the scripture to say, just lift up Jesus, and they'll do this. That, that ain't what the scripture talking about. He says, if I am lifted up or elevated, one translation says, from the earth, I will draw all peoples or all people to myself. Look at verse 33. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. So wait a minute. Jesus said, in order, watch this. Jesus said, in order for the people to receive salvation and abundant life, my elevation is going to require me going through a difficult process to get to my destination. But if I am lifted up, 
and I can survive the process of being elevated. See, so your issue, your issue, look at your David and say, I know your issue. Is that you thought elevation was going to require the same amount of strength it took to get to where you got. But what you don't understand is to be elevated, you're going to a new level. But a new level requires a new level of strength. So Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, if I can survive the process. <laughs> if I can survive the process and be lifted up from the earth, I will draw everybody, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, old people, young people, every people. I will draw all peoples unto myself, but I got to survive the process. And if I am lifted up, because watch this now, the cross was erected. He carried it. But the scripture says it wasn't good enough for him to carry it. Why didn't he just die and fall to the earth? Because he says that's not enough because that's, that, that's not being elevated. He said the cross has to be elevated. So as he's walking up that mountain, I think y'all going to help me a little bit today. As he's walking up that mountain to pay the price for your sins and my sins and your mistakes and my mistakes. He said, I can't stop now even though it hurts. I can't give up now even though it hurts. I can't throw in the town now even though it hurts. It hurts like heaven, but I can't stop now because if this cross doesn't get elevated, the world is going to die. But he said, if I can just keep on going and survive the process, touch your neighbor and say, survive this process, I will draw all men unto myself. And because he did it 2,000 years ago, you and I are living today. Father, today, speak through me. I decrease that you might increase. Give us the grace to survive the process, to be elevated. Somebody shout, I'm being elevated. And I have the grace to make it through the process. In Jesus' name. Would you touch two or three people on your way down and just tell them the message titles? Tell them just eight, eight. It's, that's it, just eight. That's the title. Shortest title you ever heard, eight. Eight. Now, now watch this. As you're taking your seats, this series coincides with the Aurora campus in Metro Denver turning eight years old since it was planted from scratch in a place called the Church Planters Graveyard. In two days, the Aurora campus in Metro Denver will be eight years old. I've never seen so much passiveness in my life you don't survive in a place where they tell you you can't survive unless there's a God that's fighting for you you don't start something from nothing and make it work unless God is on your side and harvest for eight years he's been on our side but the number eight is the number of new beginnings which means God said y'all ain't seen nothing yet Touch your neighbor and say, we're eight, baby. We're eight. We're eight. Uh, that means a new beginning. That means the last leg of our assignment has been completed. And the new beginning is upon us. But now watch this. Watch this. I, I want to get right into the teaching. I want to get right into the teaching. I want to get right into the teaching. So the message is, is, is called eight. It's the number eight, but it's really a play of words. And I'm going to explain to you in a moment. Touch your neighbor and say, stay with him today. So I want to give you the first point. I'm already in my points, note takers. The first point. Here we are. We're already there. To elevate, don't mislocate. To elevate, don't mislocate. Now, the word elevate means to raise or lift something to a higher position. As the Bishop Bright told us last week, we're going up. Say, I'm going up. I'm going up. 
Now listen, I realize that these confessions I'm going to have you make today may be difficult if you've been in a rough season or a rough time in your life because sometimes you get sick of being positive when everything around you is negative. But what I got to tell you is if it's going to change, the change is going to come from you. It, you're waiting on circumstances to change and God says, I'm waiting on you to change and I'm not fixing that mess until you get the mess up out of you. I'm not fixing that situation until the situation is already changed in you. See, there's some stuff you got to settle in yourself before it's settled in your atmosphere. You need to settle in yourself, I'm healed, and then wait on it to manifest in the natural. You need to settle in yourself, you're not broke no more, so that it'll manifest in the atmosphere. You need to settle in yourself, you ain't staying in no jacked up, messed up relationship, and all of a sudden, they'll be gone one day. Well, touch your neighbor and say, settle it in yourself. Stop waiting on the circumstances to change before you settle that the issue is done. The scripture says if two touch agreeing on anything on the earth, it shall be done for them. Which means the moment that you got somebody to agree with you and pray about it, God considered it done. But now you've got to go through the process of manifestation. But the process of manifestation means sometimes a lot of negativity is going to be around you. And you're going to learn how to be a positive in the midst of a bunch of negative stuff. And you can't let the negative make you negative just because it's negative. Because... Because if it's going to change, baby, it ain't going to be because your neighbor did it. It ain't going to be because your mama and them did it. It ain't going to be because your daddy and them did it. It's if it changes in your life, it's going to be because you did it. Are you still here? Sitting back waiting on God to do something. Good luck. Let me know how that works out. Bishop, I've never heard that. Just say, you're going to hear a lot today you've never heard. Come back next week. My God, you'll be a Bible scholar. We'll give you a degree. Watch this. Raise or lift something to a higher position. Now, second definition, elevate. To raise to a more important or impressive level. See, you want to be important, but you don't have any significance. See, to become important, you have to have significance. And to be significant, you can't, you can't be average. See, I got to tell you something. One of, one of the challenges I've had in this region is breaking through the average mindset that many people in this region possess, and they have convinced themselves that they're not average because they got 2.3 kids, and they got a dog and a white picket fence. But their spirituality is lethargic. And so, and so it, has been, it, has been quite, it has been quite a unique hand that I've been dealt because I've had to bust through average mindsets by people who want to be important, but they have no significance. So you want to be seen, but you're not significant. You want a title, but you're not significant. You want a position on the stage, but you're not significant. You think you run something because you got a badge, but you're not significant. You... Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? <laughs> That's cool. Third, third thing, elevate. It means to increase the level or amount of. And fourth, it means to raise the access as a piece of artillery to increase its range. Say elevate. Now, watch this. You cannot elevate what you cannot first locate. I prematurely unbutton. I'm going to come back. But y'all know when it unbuttons, they go to floodgates. Uh, watch this. Watch this. Say, I cannot elevate what I cannot first locate. Where are you really? It's difficult to help people who don't think they need it because of their overestimation of themselves. As a pastor, one of the most difficult things is to try to help somebody who's convinced themselves they don't need help. And when you talk to them and say, do you see this? No, I think everything's fine. Well, you are the only one in the entire planet that thinks everything's fine with that. 
So y'all don't go like this here. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. I'll cut you and then I'm going to make it real smooth. I'm going to give you some oil and wine in just a minute. But, but now watch this. Conversely, it's very difficult to help people that think so low of themselves that they're comfortable to their own chagrin. When you got people, you're trying to tell you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. No, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't. Well, at some point, I'm going to get sick of saying you can. Are you still here? No, 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 watch this, watch this. Perception is reality. Reality doesn't matter. What you think reality is is what matters to you. Are you still here, Harvest? Well, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Perception is your reality. So, so, so I want you to do this. Say, God. Help me accurately locate where I am in every area of my life. We often make the mistake of misidentifying our location, which produces the wrong actions. When I left Dallas yesterday, I needed a t-shirt. When I got off the plane, I needed a coat because I was in a different location. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. So if you think you're in a pig pen, you're going to act like a pig. You're not hearing what I'm saying. If you think you're uh, in the wilderness, you're going to act like a jackass. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. If you mislocate, that means donkey. Don't you look at me with that tone of voice. Read your Bible. It's in there. If you do not know the proper location, then you will produce the wrong actions. And then you'll get frustrated with life, and then life will look at you and say, but you're the one that did that because you didn't properly identify your location. You didn't realize that because there were giants, that didn't mean you were in the wilderness. <laughs> that meant that you were in the promised land. But you treated your promised land like the wilderness. And so now you're sitting up mad at life, and life is saying, you just didn't check your location. It is a fact now that the giants, the Nephilim, uh, that they only appeared in Canaan land, in the promised land, which indicates to me that the presence of struggle does not mean the absence of promise. The presence of struggle often indicates that you are within arm's reach of what it is you've been praying for. The problem with most people is they misidentify the struggle and think that the struggle means stop. Okay, I feel it here. But your struggle don't mean stop. Your struggle means keep on pushing because it's right God, I wish I had a church here. Your struggle means it's right there. But if you let the devil talk you out of doing it, you cannot continue to repeat the foolishness of your bloodline. Ain't nobody in your bloodline accomplished what God's called you to do. But you won't do it if you let the struggle stop you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing here. As a pastor, I had the opportunity to watch people go through the elevation process, but I've noticed how capricious some people can be, which causes them to relegate instead of elevate. I use some big words. Let me break it down. Capricious means this. It means that they have behavioral changes that are, they are unaccountable for. They have mood swings they are unaccountable for. They want heaven on earth, but they act like hell capricious and they're unaccountable for it you're just supposed to take it you're just supposed to tolerate it they want leadership but won't do what they're told and you're just supposed to just well just pray for me but you can't listen so since you can't listen I can't I can't help you because you're unaccountable for your behavior So, can I tell you something? In many instances, I know this to be a fact because the Lord had begun to work with me uh, to be the source of favor for somebody. 
And right when I was getting ready, see, they didn't know what was working behind the scene. They, they didn't know that what they had been praying for, God had already answered. And I had already put in a, an order for what they asked for. But what they didn't realize is that they were under surveillance. And you cannot, you cannot give, watch this, a laser to a child. Because there's too much power for somebody that doesn't know what to do with it. And so I was, I, I'd be, as a pastor, I'd be, I'd be like, you know, I'm going to do this. And, this, and, this. and I'm, and, and I'm not going to tell you what I was going to do, but I'm just going to tell you, it was stuff that would change people's lives, revolutionize people's lives, revolutionize people's lives. Everything they prayed for, boom, I had it in my hand to do. So you got to be careful who you choose to disrespect and who you choose to dishonor. Because what you're sitting up fasting and praying for, so one man's got it in his hand to make it happen for you. But you're so disrespectful and you're so dishonorable and self-centered. Oh, y'all don't like this preacher. That's okay. It's going to get, we're going to shout in a minute. If you're getting offended, then that's you. And ain't nobody getting out of here until I'm through. <laughs> I'm just joking. If you're VIP, I'm just joking. But seriously, you can't leave until I'm done. This ain't that kind of church. We honor the Lord and the word here. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. I like this. I got me a new amen section right here. Y'all slacking over here. This, I got me as a new section right here. Yes. Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't he, didn't he give me double for my church? Didn't he give me? Okay, so there's a competition here. That's, that's what's going on here. I just started something. <laughs> Watch this, y'all. In some instances, I was the one, and I was thinking, and, and it was all planned out and ready to go. And then I looked. I said, oh, wow. Oh, what happened? Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to give them favor. But boom. They mislocated. So they weren't elevated. Touch your neighbor and say, check your location. See, maybe it's not that you're in the wilderness. Maybe you're in the promise. But if you treat it like a wilderness, that's what it'll become. Maybe it's not as rough as you make it. Maybe you just were lazy. And so now God is breaking the laziness out of you. And you sitting there calling it spiritual warfare. It ain't spiritual warfare. It's just calling working a full day. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Maybe, maybe that's not spiritual warfare. Maybe that's breaking lazy off. Who's bishop talking about? You. You who I'm talking about. I'm you who I'm talking about. Are y'all still here? Maybe it's not that everybody's against you. It's just that maybe you're weird. And what the Lord is doing is breaking the weirdness off of you so that you learn how to love God, love people, and love life. Maybe all the friends that don't want to be your friend no more, maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. Maybe the people that don't talk to you is because you walk around looking like you were baptized in pickle juice and so they don't want to have no pickles. It ain't lunchtime. Somebody shout, I'm being elevated. Second thing, note takers. To elevate, you need an eight. To elevate, you need an eight. Now, eight there is, is the suffix A-T-E. But it's also the number eight. This, this is good. This, this will work good. Harvest, I know we have a lot of educators, so y'all are going to love this, especially if you teach English. 
You're going to love this. This is going to be glorious. Watch this. As I told you, this message is a play on words, if you will. It highlights the suffix of elevate, A-T-E, which sounds like the word eight. In linguistics, hear me, y'all, the suffix of the word elevate is what? Eight. Now, watch this. It's a suffix used for nouns, verbs, and adjectives. A verb means action. It's real quiet here. So elevate then therefore intimates action. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. We started out with the scripture where we talked about Jesus' process of elevation to the cross. So Jesus' process to the cross is going to be used throughout the rest of this message. And it may seem somewhat unusual to use for the topic of elevation, but it's the perfect narrative provide, to provide for you practical steps to elevate. So I want you to see this, Philippians 2.8. But AVL, I want to use the New Living Translation. I don't often use, in fact, I rarely ever use this translation. But I want them to see it in the New Living Translation, Philippians 2.8. If we don't have it, that's all right, go with new king james philippians 2 8 and i want y'all to listen to this i want you to listen to this what was the point i gave you to elevate you need a what eight, eight. philippians 2 8 that's all right we just got new king james that's fine i didn't tell him uh, here it is verse 8 i'm going to read it to you new living they're going to put it up in new king james he humbled himself in obedience to god and died a criminal's death on a cross therefore god verse 9 Therefore, God, New King James says, has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Here's what New Living says, verse 9. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Y'all missing what I'm saying? Because Jesus could endure the process of elevation, he was, his name was elevated to be more powerful than any other name. You want a great name, but you can't handle no pain. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. Touch your neighbor and say, what's your pain threshold? What's your... If you want a great name, baby, you're going to have to deal with some pain. He, Jesus had to pay the price to have a name that heals cancer. He had to pay the price to have a name that heals diabetes. He had to pay the price to heal all diseases. That name is above everything that can be named, which means the name of Jesus is superior to every noun, person, place, thing, or idea. But he had to pay a price. Are you still here? Scripture says he was elevated. So now, look, watch this, y'all. Which means what initially looked like a bad moment was really his moment of elevation, which became our salvation. You missed it. Elevation is, can sometimes be a little deceiving because it looks like two different things at the same time. The cross looked painful, but the cross is what saves us. It's got two different looks at the same time. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. It cost Jesus his life, but it gave us abundant life. You're not hearing me. Hear me. He was elevated because he endured, he suffered, and he got back up from it. He was elevated because he endured, because he suffered, and because he got back up. Watch this. Watch this. If you sit back waiting on God, just waiting on the Lord to do something. Can I tell you his last words to you? It is finished. Everything you need is done. Tell somebody say it's done. Tell somebody else say it's done. Get somebody behind you say it's done. Get somebody in front of you say it's done. If you can touch every person around you, touch somebody else and tell them it's done. 
But many Christians are sitting in this place of life saying, I'm just seeing what the Lord is going to do. And the Lord is saying, I'm just wondering when you're going to read. It is finished. Which means he was reporting to himself that what I came here to do, I've done. But he opened his mouth to say it because as he was reporting it to himself, he wanted to make sure that we got included on the status report. So why can we say it's already done here? Because it was already done there. Why can you say that your family's going to be saved here? Because he already paid the price for it there. Why can you say that your finances are going to begin to get in order here? Because it was already paid for there. Why can you say if you got sickness in your body, it's going to be healed here? Because it was already paid for there. It is finished. But now watch. You, you don't always win just because you showed up. Sometimes we have this mentality that's why I showed up. And there's some fights in life that that's all the fight will require. There are some fights that are like Second Chronicles. Uh, this day you will not have to fight. Your praise will go before you. Your worship will go before you. And the Lord will do. There's some battles that are like that. But there's also some battles. Come here, Joshua. Yes, sir. There's some battles that God says, go kill them. Well, Lord, you ain't going to just do it? Mm-mm. Well, how, how are we supposed to get this done? It is finished. How am I supposed to figure this out? It is finished. You might be a single parent and say, Lord, how am I going to do this? It is finished. Some battles you just have to show up for, but I need to tell you in the process of elevation, there are some battles that you're going to have to not just show up for, but you're going to have to win because you can last. Talk is cheap. Action speak. Let me prove to you. You ever had a friend and somebody tell you, I'm going to be with you forever? Like, we're going to be friends forever. You, come on. Y'all you, you ain't never had no friend. You had a relationship, somebody tell you, you're going to be forever? Where they at? You ever had somebody tell you, I ain't never leaving. We, we, gonna, we cousins to the end. And you found out the end was three weeks? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? So talk is cheap. Matter of fact, I asked the Lord to give me a grace to be able to hear words and smile at them. But to not take them to heart. Because you know why some of you are so bitter today? You're so bitter because people gave you words that they couldn't back up with action. And you took those words to heart. Sometimes you got to learn how to say, I hear what you're saying, but I'm watching what you're I'm watching what you're doing. I heard you tell me you love me, but I want to see you show me you love me. I heard you tell me you're there for me, but I want to see you. So, so, elevation requires an eight. Eight is the suffix that means action. Say action. Watch this. The Bible is full of people that saw elevation in their lives after they took actions. The Bible is a book of actions and decisions. Actions and decisions. That's what the Bible is a book of. And not everybody in the Bible made the right decisions, which should be comforting to you and I, because that means that we're not going to make the right decision every single time. But if we remain faithful, it's going to work out. Touch your neighbor and say, stop beating yourself up. See, listen, some of you don't even need enemies because you just have you. You get up in the morning, look at you, and you sitting there beating up yourself. You bloody before you left the house to go to work. You don't even need the devil. 
touch your neighbor. Touch somebody else. Say, stop beating yourself up. Just plead insanity. That's what Jesus did. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, wait a minute. They're doing it, so how don't they know what they're doing? Because they're crazy. He said, they are insane. They don't know the consequences of what they're doing. If they knew that acting that way was going to make them lose everything they prayed for, they wouldn't have done it. Therefore, I plead insanity. But that was good for last year. This year, you know. Touch your neighbor and say, now you know. It was all right to say I didn't know back then. But now you're in a different day. You're in a different year. You're in a different season of life. How long is that going to be your excuse? I didn't know. Is it that you didn't know or you didn't want to see? There's a difference between the two. Stop getting mad because a snake bit you. You knew it was a snake. Don't act like you didn't know. You just didn't want to see the fangs. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me here. Watch it. Say actions. Say I need an eight. Okay, great. So watch this. Watch this. You want to walk out? Of, you want to walk on water, Peter? Get out the boat and walk. Notice the Lord didn't levitate him. I always wanted to be a superhero. And I always wanted to have power come out of my hands. I got it now. <laughs> so do. When these hands get laid, cancer leaves. When these hands get laid, got it now. <laughs> but Jesus could have like, That ain't what Jesus did. He said, Peter, Peter, you want to do something? You want to elevate? You want to be better than them? Because you think you're better than them anyhow, Peter, so you want to be better than them? You want to, because you, you, you want to be the great guy. You, come on, you want to be great? Come on, prove it. You all listen, all that? All listen, all that? Prove it. Anybody can be all this and all that around zeros. But can you be all this and all that? I'm feeling a little, I don't know. Like I didn't been somewhere this weekend. <laughs> Watch this. He said, Peter, you, 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 you want to come? Okay, get out the boat. Well, Lord, all these other guys is in the boat. Exactly. And that's all they ever going to have. You want some more? Come on. I bet you Jesus could dance. I can't dance, but I bet you he did like a Michael Jackson move or something. Like, you know, something like that. I can't dance. I know. Don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I know. Is that all right? I already know. I, I already know. I know that is not my assignment. <laughs> That's a department I will never be in charge of. You understand me? Did I do okay? All right, good. All right, good. Y'all are smart. The favor of the Lord be upon you. Amen. <laughs> now watch this here. He said, get out of the boat and you got to walk. He said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come. Come. He wasn't expecting Jesus to say that. See, you prayed great prayers, but truth be told, you weren't actually expecting it to happen that fast. I'm talking to somebody in here. You prayed great stuff and you were so used to being disappointed that you didn't actually expect that it was going to happen. So this time when you prayed it and you got it, you looked at it kind of funny because you were like, well, this happened too easy. And God said, well, watch your ass. Watch your ass for it. Eat that 
banana. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now, for those of you who your first time, what are you talking about, eating banana? Where is he going? Okay, eating bananas. What is he talking about? It's a southern colloquialism, which just means eat what I gave you. You ask for some greens, eat the greens. You ask for some barbecue sandwiches, eat the barbecue sandwich. Okay, don't ask for it. Now, I don't like it, but then what you ask for it for? God, this hurts. Well, what you ask for it for? God, I feel alone because I'm an eagle and I got to let the chickens go. Well, what you ask for it for? What you ask for it for? God, I'm being stretched and it feels like I'm going to break. You ain't built to break. What you ask for it for? Two fish and five loaves. You want to feed 15 to 25,000 people? Great. Give me the lunchbox. Yeah, y'all not hear what I'm saying? Hey, say action. They need an egg. Good. The woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'm going to be made whole. Good. Press through the crowd. But I just want to be healed. I don't want to bleed no more. Good. Press. I spent everything I had. Good. So you have nothing to lose. You, you know what? You know, you, know, you know what? Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? This is going to sound, this is going to sound, I need you to listen real close to me. Sometimes I discovered that God makes sure you don't have abundance. Sometimes, sometimes, listen, and I want you to think poverty is a blessing because it is not. But, and I'm not talking about poverty. I'm talking about for what you want to do. Sometimes God says, I know you don't have enough because I don't want you to think you have anything to lose. Because desperate people. This woman said, I spent everything that I had. So what do I have to lose by getting on the ground and crawling like a dog to get to Jesus? See, some of you, your problem is you got too much. And the much you have, you're scared to lose. But if you're going to be elevated, you're going to have to learn how to do it. And sometimes you're going to have to do it scared. You're going to learn how to do it. And sometimes you're going to have to do it afraid. It's all right if fear rides, just don't let it drive. Parents, you ever took your kids on a road trip and they just sitting back in the back seat just making all kind of noise and you trying to keep your eyes on the road and I know you just pray. I know in Denver y'all pray for them and send them to time out in the back of the car and stuff like that. But I think some of y'all come from different places where you, re you, you reached around, but watch this. When you reached around, you didn't even look back at them. You just... That's what you got to do to your fear. I ain't even looking at you. That's what you got to do to your doubts. I ain't even looking at you. That's what you got to do to your insecurities. I ain't even looking at you. How about somebody say, I ain't got nothing to lose. You, you want to be a king, David? You want to be a king, David? You're a shepherd now. You want to be a king, David? Show up to king practice. Listen, what's king practice? The lion? What's king practice? The bear? What's king practice? Goliath? You want to rule, but you don't want to go to king's practice. King's practice. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time out for amateur night at the Apollo. Look at your life. Your life has been preparing you for what it is that currently is in front of you. Check your history and you will discover that you've already conquered greater things than what you call yourself having in front of you now. It just looks different because you're being elevated and the air is thinner up here. Things, things. 
just don't happen. I got to move. Oh, my God. This is only the second one. Oh, my God. They don't just happen. To touch your neighbor and say, elevation, elevation. Doesn't, just happen. doesn't just happen. You're not going to just wake up one morning. And, and, well, let, me, let me not say that. It could happen. See, with God, all things are possible. Not all are probable, but all are possible. Got it? So, so you could wake up and everything could be could totally changed. Absolutely. So I, I'm not even going to say that. that that's, I'm not even going to put that in the atmosphere like that. But I just need to tell you that, that that's great. But, but just because it's possible doesn't mean that it's probable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But what are you trying to say? Say action. action. See, watch this. If you're frustrated in life, it's probably your fault. You don't have an eight. And you said, it's this one, it's this one, it's this one, it's this one. Mm-mm. Turn that mirror around. It's real quiet in here. Now, watch this. That doesn't mean necessarily drastic stuff. Sometimes small course corrections can make a big difference. I got to move real quickly through here. Uh, I was looking about, and, and we certainly pray our prayers go out to the families of the persons that, that were in the plane that they can't seem to find. Now, now, but here's what I need you to understand. I was watching a demonstration on one of the news channels, and it really baffled me. It was really startling because I thought several things. Number one, I said, how can we find a plane? You can find your iPhone anywhere in the whole world and shut the thing down remotely. How, how is there no way to find a plane? But I don't know, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm just I'm asking questions. Quality questions you ask determine the quality of life that you do. But here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. They were, doing, they were saying, well, how easy would it be for one of the pilots to have changed the course the plane was on? Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if they were going like this and then Doom did like this, you're going to have to, you know, I'm just, you know, from what I've seen in movies and things, I'm thinking you have to. You know how they do in the movies and it look like they are literally lifting the plane? Like they constipated or something on it? So that's what I'm imagining. So I'm thinking to turn it like that, it's going to be. No, the, the man clicked a little clicker. That's how you'd have to change it. See, some of you think it's going to take drastic changes. Sometimes you don't need drastic changes. You just need a click, click. That's all you need. You just need to stop seeing everybody as your enemy. Click, click. You just need to stop walking in with an attitude. Click, click. You just need to stop thinking that God isn't for you. Click, click. That's it's just. Okay, third point. I got to move. To elevate, accelerate. To elevate, accelerate. To elevate, accelerate. Y'all like it? Good. And, and, and. <laughs> to elevate, accelerate. Here's what acceleration means. To move faster, to quicken the motion of, to add to the speed of, to quicken the natural or ordinary progression or process of. Say it again. Note takers, get to see this. This is too much right here. Some of y'all trying to know what? You still riding elevate. That's just... Get city. <laughs> to city. Watch this. Listen. Listen, Harvest. Listen. Matter of fact, you say it so you get it. Say, to quicken the natural... Or ordinary progression or process of. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Say it again because it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. To quicken the natural or ordinary progression or process of. Who told you it's going to take that long? All right, Luke 22, 44 and 45, here's what it says. Here's what it says. Just, just look there on the screens if you can flip, if you can flip quick. Luke 22, 44 through 45. Remember, I tell you, I'm going to use the story of Jesus and his process to be elevated because he said, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to myself. I'm going to use that as the backdrop, as the narrative to teach us about elevation. So here's the scripture. 
and being in agony. Who's in agony? Your Savior. Which means his process of elevation hurt him too. So if it hurts your Savior, certainly it's going to hurt you. And notice, they hadn't even started the process of beating him yet. He was in agony about the thought of having to go through agony. God have mercy. Some of you have tortured yourself for something that hasn't happened. You've tortured yourself because you're scared it might happen. Verse, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly till his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Are y'all still here? Look at verse 45. Then when he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow. They were sleep from sorrow. They were sleeping from sorrow. Can I tell you why you take so many naps? Okay, y'all don't like that in Denver. Y'all the most nappiness city I've ever encountered in my life. I ain't never seen so many grown folk taking naps in the middle of the day. I'm not saying nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, how, but what you've done to need that much rest? When he rose from prayer, I'll leave that alone because y'all didn't like that. Y'all faces was like. Mm. When he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples. He found them sleeping. Why would they sleep? Because they had sorrow. Check this out. Check this out. You're sleeping on your location because of your sorrow. You're sleeping on the opportunities that have been given to you because of your sorrow. And I found out people that got sorrow are normally sorry. Trust your neighbor say, you don't have any more time for sorrow. So Jesus, what Jesus said, verse 46, he says, why do you sleep? Now they were sleeping because they had sorrow. Watch this. He said, rise and pray lest you enter into temptations. Us is, say, say this to yourself. Say your name. Say, don't sleep. On this, message, on this message because of your sorrow. Of your sorrow. What did Jesus do while he was in the garden? It said he was in agony. So much so that he began to, I've told on this before, that his sweat began to now uh, have a blood come through his sweat glands. He was in so much agony before anything had even happened to him that he was now dropping blood. But can I give you some teaching like you in Bible College? I like it because the blood fell to the ground. Well, it's interesting because in Genesis 3, God cursed the ground. So when he dropped his blood on the ground, he was redeeming the ground that had been cursed back in Genesis. So he said, I got to cry here I gotta drop my blood here because I need to reverse the curse that okay be seated that was just for my Bible college people the blood had to fall there because the ground needed to be redeemed the scripture says in Genesis cursed is the ground for your sake and he said, you're going to have to tend and you're going to have to toil. And he said, you, from the sweat of your brow shall you eat bread. So it's interesting. Jesus drops his blood now at the same place that was cursed thousands of years earlier. Which means, in other words, he was saying, there's some stuff God says, I want it to be sweatless. There's some stuff that God says, I just want you to just be able to walk into this thing. There's okay. All right. All right. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. Now, now, what did Jesus drop? He prayed. He, he dropped the blood. He, he did that. He told them, y'all rise up. Let's get into temptation. T touch your neighbor and say, don't sleep on this. Now, watch this. Bishop, Bishop, what do you mean accelerate? To accelerate, you've got to drop your sorrow to the ground. 
Bishop, what is your sorrow? Your sorrow is the grief you have for what you should have done. As long as you stay in grief about what you should have done, you'll stay in a perpetual state of not doing it. You got to drop your fear. Touch your name and say, drop your fear. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't have time to go there. God, if I had time, if we get overflow time today, I'll do an overflow time, but I don't have time to do it right there. Say, drop your fear. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. To elevate, God, accelerate. Watch this. Eagles can't fly with chickens hanging on them. So to accelerate, I've got to drop dead weight. The phrase dead weight is idiomatic, which means it's dropping that which is useless or excess and that slows something down. And normally what slows you down are the things that you call yourself being Jesus for. Some of you parents sitting up and you've not moved forward in what God has ordained because you're sitting here raising grown kids. And you're mad at them, but the truth is you the one kept them. You the one kept the dead weight. You the one that didn't tell them, hey, you going to get down to that church and learn you some lessons. Get that. Yeah, yeah, you, okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Y'all don't like that here in Denver. Then cool. Time to unbutton. Get some stuff. Touch your neighbor. Say, drop the dead weight. You got friends that that is a one-sided friendship. They bring nothing to the table. All they do is take, 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 take. Okay, bye. And then you leave drained, and now you got to come to church just to get back what they took when you didn't have to give it to them in the first place. You should have texted them, go to harvestcc.me and watch live for yourself. But I ain't got time for this dead weight because all you want to do is suck energy and suck life. Uh, uh, are y'all still here? Are you sure you're still here? Say to accelerate, I have to drop dead weight. Okay, good. We got to get to these next four real quick, but I got to give you one more illustration. Y'all ever seen um, um, NASA when the, when the rockets and all that, when they take off and spaceships and what have you, when those take off? You ever seen that? So you see, when it, when it starts taking off, there's a big, 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 as the engines fire up, ooh, you know, I can imagine what those engines sound like. Those are like V, what, 40s? I'm joking. I know they're, I'm, I'm joking. <clears throat> I know, okay. It's this plume of smoke, right? Comes up, fire, hellfire, brimstone, everything going on down there. All this is going on down there. It's building up the energy to be able to take off into a stratosphere and an atmosphere that is different than the one it's currently in. And if the fire doesn't get hot enough, okay, apparently I, I didn't realize this was the elementary church. I thought this was the big people church. Uh, if the fire doesn't get hot enough down there, it will not give them the strength that it needs to elevate up there. So if the fire's hot in your life, stop cursing it. If the fire's hot, just say, it's because I'm getting ready to elevate, baby. And if the fire's hot, that's because I need the strength, not for where I'm at, but for where I'm going. But as that rocket's taking off, I noticed something. And it startled me the first time I saw it. Pieces of the ship started to fall off. Would y'all help me do this thing? Y'all promise y'all help. Pieces of the ship that were necessary down there. The stuff you thought you had to have around you down there. As the ship starts elevating, 
stuff starts falling off of it because it's not necessary up there. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell somebody, God says, I needed that to fall off of you because it was dead weight. It didn't add anything to what it was I was doing. I got to move on. Number four, to elevate, don't relegate. To elevate, don't relegate. Relegate means to confine oneself to a position of inferiority. As a pastor, I have the opportunity to watch people go through the elevation process, but, but, but I have noticed that, that sometimes people begin to, uh, to, to relegate in, in, instead of elevate. Luke twenty two forty one 41 says this, uh, and he has withdrawn uh, from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed. Verse 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, doing what? Strengthening him. Check this out. God is being strengthened by what he created. Now, here's what I need you to get. Touch your neighbor and say, don't relegate. don't relegate. Jesus could have taken the inferior route, which was a pain-free route. He could have just, you know, I'm not dying for him. Just, they're going to have to keep Torah. All 613 mitzvah of the Torah, the law, Scripture says, they're going to have to keep Torah. If they can't keep it, well, Jesus is in his death. Let him die. Got it? He could have done that. Touch your neighbor and say, he could have done that. But notice, notice what Jesus did in the garden. As he's in agony, as he's dealing with the pain of what he's getting ready to endure, do you know what Jesus does? Jesus says, if it's possible, it'd be nice to go the easy route. If it's possible, can we all be honest? We don't like the easy route. Wouldn't you just like to wake up tomorrow and your bank account just have a million dollars in it? And you go to your job and they say, we got a new Mercedes for you. I'm being, I'm being facetious. It's Mercedes, duh. <laughs> I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if all your enemies came to you and said, I apologize? Wouldn't that be great? Right. Jesus could have taken the easy route. He could have relegated. Instead, listen to what he says. Father, if it is your will, Take this cup. What's the cup? The pain of this process, this sorrow, this agony. Take it from me. But look, look what he does. He changes midway. Nevertheless, not my will. I could relegate and go the easy route, but not my will. Touch your neighbor and say, it's not your will. Sometimes life has to break you so that your will breaks because God says, I'm trying to get something accomplished in you, but you're too hard-headed. You don't want to listen to nobody and you want to do it your way. Well, that's fine when you pay the price for yourself. But since you didn't pay the price for yourself and you didn't die for yourself, you don't get to determine what you're going to do and what you ain't going to do. So sometimes life has to break you so it breaks your will. Say, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. He didn't relegate, he chose to elevate. Because relegation would have been the inferior route where he just said, I'm not ready to do it. I'm not ready. Can I tell you something about you people that say stuff like that? I'm not ready. The problem with that is neither can you see. See, sheep can't see well. 
That's why the scripture makes the relationship between a man of God and the, and the people the man of God leads, the pastor in the church. He makes it the relationship between a shepherd and sheep. Because you can't see well enough to determine what you're ready for and what you're not ready for. You can't see. It, it, it is a fact. What sheep have to rely on is their hearing. That's why the scripture says, and my sheep know my voice. Oh, God, here. Because a sheep realizes it doesn't know what it's doing. So it's blind, leading the blind, and they'll both go into a ditch. But what a sheep says is, bah. You know why it says that? It's saying, I need my pastor to talk to me. Because I can't see right the way I'm supposed to see. So I need the man of God to lead the way for me. And for those of you who think, well, I just got my own thing and I don't need that and I don't need that. How's that working out? That's why the word bishop means overseer. Can see more. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm just not ready. Well, when are you going to be ready? Well, when I feel, see, there again, got another problem. That's, your life is reflective of your feelings. Okay, y'all don't like this here, didn't you? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Ain't it all right? Point five, to elevate, anticipate. Y'all Okay. That, these, these last, y'all sure y'all good? Because yeah. I can stop now and finish it on Wednesday. All right. All right. Number five, to elevate, anticipate. Here's what anticipate means. To do before. Watch this. Uh, uh, uh. To cause to occur earlier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To foresee. And do beforehand that's which will be desired. To foretaste or foresee, to have a previous view or impression of. All right. Jesus had an anticipation of the greatness that he would be, so it gave him the ability to go through the process he had to deal with. Sometimes you will have glimpses of what you can be to give you the ammunition to deal with what you must deal with. Because he did, the scripture says, and he was given a name that was above every name, which means he had to pay a price for that name. So sometimes God will give you glimpses of stuff and the glimpses will scare the heck out of you. Third Sunday. The glimpses will scare the mess out of you because you're sitting there like, whoa, wow, how could I do that? And God is saying, I know, I know, I know, I know, but I just want you to get a glimpse of the fact that I created you to do more than just sit up and pop out babies and, make, and, and pay bills. I did you to do more than just go through the same junk your generations before you did. I built you to have more than just have some nice rims on a car you ain't paid off. I did you to have more than just sit up and rent all the rest of your life. I I built you to have more. So I got to show you something so you can anticipate. Let me tell you, over these last eight years, there's been plenty of times I could have said, God, to heck with that and to heck with them. But you know what? He said, but son, let me show you. If you can just endure, let me show you. Because eye has not seen and ear has not heard and neither had it entered into the heart of man. But he said, son, I'm going to give you a glimpse of it. I'm going to give you enough to know it's worth it. I'm going to show you enough to show you it's worth it. I'm going to show you enough so that when you weep, you can... 
It ain't always going to be like this. Show you enough. So you have something to anticipate. Say, I'm anticipating. So some of your dreams confuse you because you're like, whoa, what is that? God's like, listen, that's the only time I can talk to you because when you woke, you talk too much. You still here? He gives you a glimpse of what to see so that you can anticipate something. See me, I need something to look forward to. Oh God, I need something to look forward to. See, I, I, I don't know, just the way I'm built, anybody else like that? You guys, way I'm built, listen, talking about what we did last week, I was done with that last week. Wow, wasn't that great back in 2010? This has got a four in it. I'm not talking about that. Remember when? No, to be quite honest, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> Forget the form of things. No, I don't. So God says, what I'm going to do is give you a glimpse so you can anticipate. I'm, I'm going to have you, watch this. I'm not getting you to be materialistic. I just want you to get it practically, okay? I'm going to let you drive around houses that your FICO can't even get in the same room with. So you, I, I'm not saying be materialistic. I'm just trying to paint a picture. I, I, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go in the stores that you, be, if they knew your credit report, they'd say, please step out of here. Just we'll show you through the window. I'm not saying be materialistic. I'm just trying to get you to understand. And you be in there looking and say, ooh, I'm ahead of him. Number six, to elevate, expiate. E-X-P-I-A-T-E, expiate. It's probably going to be a new word for many. That's okay. Here's what it means. To extinguish the guilt of, to make complete satisfaction for, to atone for. To make amends for, to make expiation for. Luke 23, 33. Y'all right, Harvest? We got two more, and these last two are shouters. So I'm just slowing it down so you got enough energy left. Luke 22, 33. And when he had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand, one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, I expiate them. Put the verse up. Father, I forgive them. Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He forgave them. He expiated them. Can I tell you something? You can't move in tomorrow holding on to the unforgiveness of yesterday. And the trip about unforgiveness, it is drinking poison and hoping they die. But you the one took the poison. And let me tell you how you know you've really forgiven. You know you've really forgiven when you can talk about it and your emotions not turn to anger. And you, see, if you're still crying about it when you talk about it, you maybe haven't forgiven. Now, I'm not talking about tears of joy, that kind of thing, whether the Lord brought you over. I'm talking about, and they really did that to me. Right, you ain't over that. So, Bishop, what am I supposed to do? Forgive? Well, I said I forgave. You know what? You keep saying it until it's there. So, that means some days you have to, Lord, I forgive. So-and-so, 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 so-and-so. Well, I don't feel it. It ain't happened yet. Okay, Father, I thank you that I've forgiven. So-and-so, 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 so-and-so. 
Yeah, yeah, don't feel that yet. No, oh, there they go. Woo. Father, I forgive. So and so, so and so, so and so, so and so. Forgiveness is often a process. It's often not just a one-line confession. So if you're going to elevate, you're going to have to expiate. Notice, Jesus could have said, Father, kill them and send them all to hell. Truth be told, if some of you and I were God, that's what we would have done. On that cross, you'd have been like, I'm coming back and you're going to be in hell. Go straight to hell, Ike. <laughs> Can we be honest? But Jesus, you know what he did? Jesus said, I'm getting elevated. My name is getting ready to heal diseases. Before my hands had to do it, now my name will. Before I had to make mud pies to heal eyes, now, I'll just, now somebody will just say my name for it. See, he was the original, say my name, say my name. Uh -huh, he was the original. And Jesus made sure all his family acted right in stairwells and all different kinds of places. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you laughing? That's a Christian church. Listen, y'all still here? Touch your neighbor and say, forgive, forgive. and let it go. Amen. That doesn't mean that things return to the way they were. A common mistake, many Christians, the Bible says forgive and forget. No, it doesn't. Does not say that. We forgive, we forget the pain. But we remember the lesson. That's why it's difficult for some of y'all to forgive. Because you're like, you're like, well, I just got to. I just, no, 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 no. Forgiveness doesn't mean fellowship. Forgiveness don't mean we're going to eat. Forgiveness don't mean you get to ride in my car. Forgiveness don't, forgiveness don't mean you get to know where I live. Forgiveness just means I let it go. Why? Because I'm being elevated. And since I'm being elevated, I don't have time to sit here looking down at this. I need to be looking up at where it is that I'm in process too. Forgiveness doesn't mean it goes back to the way it was. Forgiveness just means I let it go. Have have somebody say let it go. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get, because you got somebody right now, probably, most of us probably. If you don't, then you got a line problem. So then we need to get that forgiven too. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. I want you to open your hand. Okay, you got somebody, let's be honest, you're at Harvest, you don't have to be religious and pontificate, you don't do all that, just be real. Touch never say be real. Okay. How many of y'all got like, like more than five people? Just, okay. <laughs> okay. More than 10? Okay. All right. All right. All right. More than 15? Okay. A thousand. Wow. Okay, well, you're going to have to come to the prayer partners. They're going to they're gonna have to work deliverance for you because that's no, okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. All right, I want you to get your hand open. I want you to see it. Now, I want you to place that name in your hand. Now, I want you to also realize the story is not the way you view it. Because if you view it as you were the only victim, you viewed it wrong. Because most times, if we're honest, we can look back and say there's things we could have done slightly differently. That doesn't justify people's actions. Grown people do what grown people want to do. So they could have said something. They could have talked. They could have communicated. So, so that's not what I'm saying. But you got, that, you got those names? Some of you got five, some of you got 10, 15. We got 1,000 over here. Okay. You got those names? Now, now I want you to close your hand. You got it? When God then tries to elevate you, he can get nothing to you because this unforgiveness blocks it from anything being deposited into you. 
I can't get something in a fist. I can, no, close, close I can't get nothing in the fist. You see? You see? I can't get nothing in the fist. But when I let it go, open it. When I let it go, not only did I let that go, but now I'm in position to receive. For some people, it's hard to receive God's forgiveness because you haven't forgiven anybody. So you don't even pray because you think he won't hear you. You think he won't hear you because this is how you're doing with them, even though he was like this with you. And he's saying, how dare you do this to them when I did this to you? Let them go! So you got those names? Okay, put it back out. Got those names? Come on, we're going to do this. You got to get free from some stuff today, man. We're turning eight. Time to be great. You can't be too late. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it? Got your names? Okay, now I want you to do something real deep. You ready? Get the faces. See, look at y'all. <laughs> no, you need to get the face. You need to get the face because you got to see it. got to see it. You got it? You got that? All right. Close your hand. Now, here's what I want you to say. Father, today, I choose to expiate. I release this. I let it go. I realize it may be a process, but I choose to start the process right now. To elevate, I must expiate. I let it go. Open it up. Let it go. 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 Now, somebody said, Bishop, that's corny. No, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You need to see yourself doing that. In fact, I want a bucket. This is not planned. I want a bucket of water. I want a bucket of water. Somebody give me a bucket of water up here because we're going to do what the Hebrews used to do. They, they washed their hands and stuff. Before we leave church today, we're going to get your hands washed. Say, I expiate. I let it go. Last two. Number seven, to elevate, vaticinate. Probably a new one for you. To elevate, vaticinate. Here I you spell it, note takers. Vatican T. A-T-E. Vatican, A-T-E. Well, no, actually, it's not. No, it's not Vatican. No, it's not. Okay, never mind. Cancel that. V-A-T-I-C-I-N. <laughs> See, that's why I messed up. A-T-E. Vaticinate. V-A-T-I-C-I-N-A-T-E. Vaticinate. Everybody say it with me? Now, you too can get a 1,200 on your, uh, <laughs> what's this thing to Now. What, is that what the school Okay, watch this. Uh, you know what that means? Prophesy. Foretell. To practice prediction. Luke 24, verse 6, 7, and 8. Here it is. We got two more, and then we're out of here. Y'all all right? Somebody watching in Dallas, you're getting set free. Somebody watching in Arlington, you're getting set free. Somebody watching in DeSoto, you're getting set free. Somebody watching in Garland, you're getting set free. Luke 24, verse 6. He is not here, but is risen. Read the next part. Remember how he vaticinated? Okay, everybody read the whole verse. One, two, ready, read. He is not here. Remember how he prophesied and how he vaticinated and how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? While you're in the middle of your mess, you got to learn how to vaticinate and declare, I'm going to a greater place than this. Somebody shout, I'm vaticinating. 
show and baby you may not have but two nickels to rub together but you better say I am wealthy I am prosperous abounding and everything God has ordained for me you might be sick in your body but you gotta participate and say to yourself I've never been healthy like this before I've got more strength and vigor than I've ever had before your family may be acting crazy as but you gotta participate prophesy foretell why you want God to speak life over you when you won't speak life over yourself look, look, look what the verse says remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee so Jesus was in Galilee but he was vaticinating that I'm going to get up see some of you that feel real low right now you need to start vaticinating and say I'm getting up I'm having a comeback and it's going to be better than new edition and the guy come back put together y'all ain't saying nothing Y'all don't know who those people are here in Denver. It's going to be better than the... Denver people, give me some money. Who? Ninja. Okay, Ninja Turtles. Okay, okay, okay. I'm talking about comebacks. Comebacks, comebacks, comebacks. Who? Okay, all right. We're going to leave that point alone because <laughs> y'all ain't really saying nothing right now. That's going to work. Jesus was in Galilee, but he was vaticinating that he was going to get up after he had to go through hell. Speak to your own life. Speak to your own self. Do it right now. Speak some over your life. Do it right now. Do it right now. And don't whisper it. This ain't whisper, church. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say you have more than enough. Say everything works together for your good. Say you have wisdom. Say you're honorable. Say you're respectful. Uh -huh, I got to call things sometimes that be not as though they were. You got to call it. Jesus said, Jesus said, the last one is, is, is um, we're there. Jesus said, Jesus said, look at verse 7, saying the son of man will be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified and the third day rise again. Look at verse 8. And they remembered what he vaticinated. See, all, all, all the folk and circumstances that saying this ain't going to this ain't going to this ain't going when they see it happen, they're going to remember your words. When you see it happen, you're going to remember your words. You are where you are in life today because of what you vaticinated yesterday. It's just so hard to speak positive. But then just don't say nothing. It's just so hard to have a good outlook. Okay, well then just don't say nothing until you can vaticinate something good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Last one. Here it is. Number eight. You ready? The title is eight. Eight. Had to have eight points. I was going to do three, but I had to have eight because I figured it'd be a good match. You got it? Number eight. To elevate, vociferate. 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 Let me spell it for you. V-O-C-I-F-E-R-A-T-E. Vociferate. You ready for that? It means to cry out. To exclaim, to clamor, to other with a loud voice, to shout out. 
Now, Bishop, why would I need to vociferate in order to elevate? I'm going to show you from Jesus. Luke 23, 45, and 46. Y'all ready? I know you got all these great, beautiful words. You're going to be at work tomorrow. Just make sure you use them right. <laughs> Don't be going in saying, I'm getting ready to go to vociferation. <laughs> Talking about lunch. That's not lunch. That, that's not lunch. That's, that's not lunch. It's not lunch. Watch this. Watch this. Luke 23, 45. Then the sun was darkened. Say it was dark. And the veil of the temple was torn in two. Say it was tore up. Verse 46. And when Jesus vociferated. He said, Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last breath. I'm going to make this real simple for you. Because sometimes you may wonder, why do you say shout? Why do you have us do that? Why do you have us do that? Because there's a powerful principle in the shout. I'm not talking about just shouting to be loud. I'm talking about shouting with an understanding. When I shout with an understanding, it becomes a vociferation. When it becomes a vociferation, the truth of the matter is it becomes a vaticination also. Why, Bishop? Because the scripture says that our words are spirit. Well, now, wait a minute. If my words are spirit, that means then everything I declare, I'm releasing a spirit into the atmosphere. That's why the wrong words can make the atmosphere turn soundward, but the right words can take the atmosphere to a place that you never thought it could be. Somebody say, my words can change my atmosphere. They're releasing a spirit. So now check this out. A vociferation is simply a loud word. So when you shout, you may say, "Woo!" but it's all in there. Come on, be a good church. And words are formed by letters, and letters make up the alphabet. Come on. So now when I shout, what I am really doing is following the pattern of Jesus. Put that verse up. It says, and when he had, there it is. Come on, verse 46. And Jesus Christ, that verse 46, verse 46, verse 46, 2346. Now I'm going to vociferate. Now verse 46. There it is. Thank you all. Wonderful. Thank y'all. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, I commit your hands into my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Why did he shout before he left? Because he said, in three days when I come back, this atmosphere better be right. There's a shout that's on the inside of you that when you release it, it changes the atmosphere of your home. It changes the atmosphere of your life. Please understand, please understand, the Hebrews, the Hebrews, the Hebrews, they would blow the ram's horn, a shofar, and they would call the people into order. Got it? Many times when they would call the people into order, they would also match that with a shout. The purpose of the shout was to disrupt the current status quo and to introduce a vociferation into the atmosphere that would produce an atmosphere conducive for elevation. Okay, let me just make it real plain because y'all aren't getting the analogies I'm losing. 
when a woman's getting ready to give birth. No women have ever given birth in here. All of your children were dropped off by... You don't have storks here by bald eagle. Bald eagle. Bald eagle. Ladies, when you're getting ready to push out a miracle, when you're getting ready to push out a game changer, a life changer, you don't sit there talking about... And if you did, they gave you more than morphine. You got a little something. Something. You know what you do, ladies? Tell them what you do. You holler. You holler because you say, this is the last step (laughs) and the last stage before the miracle shows up. So I'm telling somebody in here to holler today because it's the last step before your miracle. I said it's the last step. It's the last step. It's the last step. Somebody shout in this place. Jesus. Everybody standing. Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Everybody standing. Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Everybody standing. Jesus cried out with a loud voice. 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 Now, when he cried out, when he cried out, we discovered that some things happened in that atmosphere. There were some graves. Okay, I, I, I won't go there. Say my vociferation changes my atmosphere. Don't let life steal your shout. Don't, don't let people steal your shout. Don't let circumstances steal your shout. And don't give me that business about you're not a shouter. Scripture says, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Therefore, it's a command. So do it. Because I need you to understand. Your shouting is releasing a spirit. You ever seen those gladiator movies? I love gladiator. I watched it last weekend. What a fast-forwarded version. I didn't need to see all the fun part. I just wanted to see it. Let's get to the fight. That's nice, the story and all this here. I just get to the fight. You, you, you know what they do when they shout? They shout when they're going out to battle. But, 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 you, know, but you know next time they shout is after they won. So for my advanced harvesters, can I tie this together for you? Your vociferation becomes a vaticination, a prophecy. Your shout becomes a prophecy. What's the prophecy? I won. Maybe this side of the church speaks to King's English. It is a declaration to a circumstance that looks like it's not changing. I already beat you. I've already won. And the reason I shout is because all I got to do is just walk the process out. That's the reason I shout. That's the reason I shout. 
Shout out win. I win. You know what I found out about winners? Winners find a way to win. This is what winners do. Conversely, those that don't win find ways not to win. But you, that's what you are. You are a winner. Touch your name and say, I'm a winner. Please understand. Please understand. If you had just won a great battle or a great victory, you wouldn't be sitting there talking about. No. <laughs> you, you, you'd, be, you'd be stupid faced. You know the stupid face where you just, you don't even know. Like if somebody took a picture of you, you'd be like, is that me? You know what I mean? If what you had been praying for finally happened, you wouldn't say, praise the Lord. Fellas, praise the Lord. Bless his name. Hallelujah. No, you go crazy. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.